I'm James Brian Smith. Welcome to the Things Above podcast. You're listening to episode 76. If you missed the pilot episode and this is your first time listening, this is a podcast for what we call Mind Discipleship. It's for learning how to set your mind on things above, Colossians 3.2. Paul says, set your mind on things above. Living the Christian life is largely a matter of where we set our minds. And every waking moment, we have a choice about where and on what we will set our minds. And setting our minds on good thoughts, uplifting, beautiful, encouraging Life-giving, biblically-based thoughts is not easy, and that's why we do the podcast, to provide for you in every episode a thought from above that you can dwell on for a while. Today's thought from above is this, we all need Jesus with skin. Many years ago, Megan and I, we were living in our very first home, and it was a modest home. It was an older home. And uh, we became friends with our neighbors, the Heberts, Steve and Linda, lovely Christian people. Steve was a plumber. That was his day job. So one night around 1030, I was leaving my wood shop down in the basement and I heard a sound. It was kind of a hissing sound. And I went out to notice that one of our pipes had sprung a leak and water was spewing everywhere. So I turned off the water. And I went up to stairs to Megan. I said, hey, we got a problem. In a panic, I called Steve. And he came over quickly with his tools and was able to repair the faulty pipe. I said, man, I can't thank you enough, Steve. I mean, what do I owe you? How can I repay you? And he said, oh, you don't owe me anything. We're friends. You were in a pinch and I was able to help you out. That's what we do as brothers in Christ. I said, Well, that was very Christ-like of you, Steve, so thank you. He then said something I've never forgotten. That's how God loves us. He loves us through each other. Sometimes we need God's love to show up in the flesh. We all need Jesus with skin. We laughed, and he picked up his tools, and he went home. And I told Megan what Steve had said, and she said, Wow, that's really beautiful. Jesus with skin. I've thought of that phrase countless times since then. You know, now more than ever, we are experiencing the need for some Jesus, who is love, with skin. Each day, the frontline workers, as we've come to call them, have been that Jesus with skin. The doctors and nurses, the scientists and political leaders, the grocery store workers and food preparers and deliverers, And so many other people are providing that love, that Jesus with skin. In our neighborhood recently, a little boy had his 10th birthday, and his mom sent out a bulletin in our neighborhood newsletter inviting people to drive by their house and form a kind of parade, cheering and honking and holding up happy birthday signs. My wife Megan and our daughter Hope made signs, and they queued up and got in line, and they went through. Just slowly, people were going by and honking and waving and showing their signs. And this little boy, completely surprised, this 10-year-old boy is outside in his lawn, just watching, just grinning from ear to ear. He's stunned. He's shocked. He's overwhelmed with gratitude for all these 
people who came by just to wish him a happy birthday. When Megan and Hope got home, they showed me the video, and I just couldn't hold back the tears. Now, why was that? I mean, what was it that moved me to cry, even though I cry a lot as I get older? Well, it wasn't the most heroic act. It was a simple gesture of kindness. It's not something that's going to make the nightly news. What moved me was the same thing that moved me the night that Steve came over and fixed our leaky pipe. There's nothing more beautiful than love. Love, it turns out, is the highest apologetic. Now, that's a big word I just used, apologetic. It does not refer to an apology. Apologetics is the word used to describe when someone offers a defense or an argument or a justification for something. Apologetics are what lawyers are skilled at doing. They try to prove their case using evidence. They mount the case and then you're trying to convince you, right? That's what apologetics does. So when I say love is the highest apologetic, I'm saying that the greatest evidence, the greatest defense for our faith is love. Because it's not essentially about truth. I mean, it is about truth in a secondary way. We often think that we need to know how to defend our faith through reason, through argument. And while that is important, after all, Peter counseled us to, quote, be able to give a reason for our hope, most people are not looking for a cogent argument. They're looking for a beauty that disarms them and draws them into something they cannot explain or even express. My wife, Megan, who's a teacher, used to tell me that when she would go out with a group of teacher friends, some ladies, that they would be discussing things and sharing their lives together, that eventually one of them might ask Megan some kind of theological question or a biblical question or a question about doctrine or something. And they would ask her, she would say, because she's my wife. So they assumed that, you know, she's the wife of a professor of theology and a minister, so she must have the answers, which always bummed her out because she's like, I didn't train for this. But when she would get home and tell me what was asked, she'd always say, I just wish you had been there because I know that you would have been able to give the right answer. My response was always the same. I would say, honey, they aren't looking for an answer to a question. Those questions are usually smokescreens. They hide something deeper. Behind their question is a longing for something else. It's a deep hunger to connect with something bigger. And that something bigger is love. Because in the end, love alone is credible or believable. Now, I've studied apologetics for many years. So if I'm in a position where I have to offer reasons that I believe Jesus was the Son of God who was crucified, died, was buried, rose again. If I have to do that, I can do it. I can say things like, well, Jesus' disciples claimed he rose from the dead, and nearly all of them were martyred for claiming it. I mean, who would die for a lie? That's the kind of things you do with apologetics. I could also tell you that for two millennia, men and women have believed it was true and have testified that their lives were changed because of it, mine included. But I believe in the end, no one believes the kind of truths I'm saying about who Jesus was, apart from the work of the Spirit. I mean, Paul said, 
No one can even say Jesus is Lord except by the power of the Spirit. And I don't believe that the Spirit ultimately draws us by argument, but instead by the beauty of unspeakable love. In his masterful book, Love Alone is Credible, Hans Urs von Balthasar, and if you've listened to this podcast, you know I love Hans, and I quote him a lot. But in that book, Hans writes, The sign of the God who empties himself into humanity, death, and abandonment by God, shows us why God came forth from himself, indeed descended below himself, as creator of the world. It corresponds to his absolute being and essence to reveal himself in his unfathomable and absolutely uncompelled freedom as inexhaustible love. This love is not the absolute good beyond being, but is the depth and height, the length and breadth of being itself. Whoa. Okay, so that is a deep quote, because Hans is deep. He's one of the deepest guys I've ever read. What he's saying is that Jesus, out of absolute freedom, chose to become human. God himself chose to become human, to suffer, and to die, to choose to enter into complete abandonment and alienation in order to redeem it for us. And what makes it even more important is this reality that he is God, and God chooses to descend and to suffer and to die and to go to complete abandonment and separation because it's an act of love. No one compelled Jesus to do this. No one forced him. The one who created and sustains the entire cosmos chose to become one of us, to suffer and die, to experience this abandonment so that we would be forgiven forever, so that we would never taste death, so that we would never be alienated or abandoned in aloneness. That's love. And that kind of love, Balthazar says, is alone credible, is alone believable. It's the only thing that actually makes sense. I gave my life to Jesus not because of a good argument for the existence of God or the probability that any faith claims are true. I mean, I studied the Bible. I, I looked at all the accounts, all the prophecies, and it certainly corroborated. But that's not why I gave my life to Jesus and why I choose to give it to him every day. I give my life to Jesus every day because his love is the most compelling thing I've ever experienced. I have to quote that last line of Balthazar again. This love is not the absolute good beyond being, but is the depth and height, the length and breadth of being itself. This love of Jesus, this act of sacrifice for us, is not a good thing Jesus did that's outside of us. It's not a separate act of love in which I get to accept or reject it. Balthazar is saying this is reality itself. This is being itself. So if I reject Jesus, I'm rejecting reality itself. Okay, that's a repeatable statement. To reject Jesus is to reject reality itself. Because at the center of reality is love. The entire cosmos has been and always will be a sacrament of love. 
Now, to be sure, there's one arena in which that love can be rejected, the human heart. God created us in such a way that we can reject that love, and we do, which is the essence of sin. Or we can participate in that love. In big and small ways, we are invited to participate in that love. Steve did it when he grabbed his toolkit at 10.30 at night, when I'm sure he would have vastly preferred just to go to bed. Jesus with skin. Jesus is the original love with skin on it. That's why Jesus became one of us. He put, as they say, skin in the game. He offered himself as an act of love because love is what he is. 1 John 4, 8 says it all. God is love. God is love. It doesn't say God loves because that could mean that God could choose not to love. No, John says God is is love, meaning God never stops being love. And when you and I get caught up in this divine conspiracy of love, we become love, love with skin on it. We bring Jesus with skin. St. Francis once said, preach the gospel wherever you go, and when necessary, use words. Our best preaching, Francis knew, is with our actions. So next time when you think, wow, I really would like to tell somebody about Jesus, maybe don't use words. Show Jesus with your actions. Become Jesus with skin. Because we all need some Jesus with skin. Well, I hope you'll join me next week for episode 77. It's a Things Above conversation with my friend, the author, the great speaker, Juanita Rasmus, and you are in for a treat. Until then, you can find me on Twitter and Facebook at James Brian Smith. And you can learn more about this podcast at ApprenticeInstitute.org. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. And you can also subscribe, which means you're going to get them automatically each week. My hope, as always, is that one day, if you're asked, what's on your mind? Your answer will be, things above. <laughs>